Hey, Farva. Nobody can pay you in a corner. Hey, is any of this sinking in? Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. You're dead. D, 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 dead. What's the name of that restaurant you like with all the goofy shit on the walls and the mozzarella sticks? You mean shenanigans? No. Oh. Oh. Very much shenanigans, right? Ladies and gentlemen, we are continuing our spectacular October as we move forward, as we become to the progenitor of a very common monster trope that came to arise, especially in the late 2000s and was fucking everywhere thanks to films such as Resident Evil and TV shows The Walking Dead. But we got to go back to the source for all this. But before we begin, with me as always is my brother Matt. How you doing, Matt? I'm good. Welcome to the 35 millimeter podcast, by the way. I mean, they are listening to us, so that doesn't know. matter. I gotta, enter, I gotta say it. The 35 millimeter podcast. Three five. Three five. Three. Three five. What the <laughs> fuck, man? I can't. With cam, with these webcams, I keep forgetting that you have to pretty much go in the opposite. My brain just. <laughs> and you're like, here's the five three doesn't know what the fuck is going on i got mine backward and reverse though so you could set it show up so different i could we gotta look at the original not a living dead 1968 i had a lot of fun with this movie especially when you look at how independent it is uh yeah like <laughs> we just watched a very independent movie in halloween last week and this movie is significantly more independent than that movie ever thought about being. Yep. This is directed by George A. Romero. Fantastic fucking director. It's pretty much a start. Creep show. Something he's known for. He also did the uh, other Dead series. Like Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, th- like didn't they revive it in like the mid '90s, like early 2000s, and do like another run of series? Well, Day of the Dead or Dawn of the Dead came out in like the 70s, late '70s. Dawn Day of the Dead came out in the '80s, which has a kick-ass fucking soundtrack. Uh-huh. And then that kind of stayed dormant for a long time until the 2000s, when Land of the Dead came out, and then he did some direct to. Video, Survival of the Dead, Diary of the Dead. When I was kind of looking at this, kind of looking at images of the movies that came out since then, I'm, I think I saw Land of the Dead years ago. No, that's what kind of revived a lot of his earlier movies, I thought, because it was a big success because, oh, hell shit, it's George A. Romero coming back for his stuff. Yeah. And because he... Had just been doing like pretty much like a lot of like B movies. Um, a lot of them, a lot of people wouldn't understand. No, he uh, when that came out because it had John Leguizamo and Dennis Hopper in it. Mm-hmm. it. It's okay. Again, like we'll talk about, most of these movies have some sort of commentary behind them. Yeah, and I guess like. That's why one reason why they stand the test of time, like are still popular. This 
like we said, this was an independent film, and this is how independent it was. $117,000. Yeah, which that's 1967 money, which it's interesting coming off of because the was Halloween was at $300,000 budget, which we talked about, which half of that was in uh, camera. Yeah. So it's surprised like when I was thinking about that in comparison it made me think like I feel like Halloween I think squeezed a little bit more out of their budget than Mm -hmm. Night of Living Dead did yeah and that was like 10 years later so yeah it did make a pretty good amount about 30 million dollars even though distributors made all the money and not George A. Romero on this film yeah. And that's why there's a lot of changes whenever Dawn of the Day comes out. And we'll talk about a few things. Uh-huh. Like, it was one of the last films without a rating. Interesting. And it was because of this movie why there was a big push toward ratings. Yeah, because wasn't it... There wasn't a PG-13 when ratings first came out, correct? It was... PG and then R, right? Uh, G, PG, R, yeah. So, like, and then because of Steven Spielberg, PG thirteen was made. What movie was that? Poltergeist. Oh, like that movie was a PG thirteen. That was a movie. Was a PG. Oh, and they're like, oh, we can't do this. Yeah, they like they were like, yeah, there's got to be a middle ground between these two ratings. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and I could see why they're like, oh shit, because there is some. Spots in here is like, oh, damn, that's fucking disgusting to look at, or that's creepy. Yeah, and this is in black and white, too, so if it had been in color, you'd probably been even worse. Not worse not worse in how it would look bad, but worse in gory. Yeah, well, and that's I think that's one thing I wanted to talk about before we actually get full-on discussion in the movie is because it's public domain, you can find this every fucking where. And I watched it in black and white, and then I saw a couple colorized versions of it, and I just kind of thumbed through the colorized version, and it seems like one issue of like the contrast between the white light and dark in this movie is kind of not good. They put it nicely at times mm-hmm. that it feels like the colorization removes that a lot. So I think like I think the black and white kind of helped add to it in the sense of that this grittiness helps portray it if that makes sense Mm -hmm. there's a little bit to that i will talk about uh as you said this is a public domain movie so that means anyone's free to get it there were several copies on youtube i watched it on prime which was for free it wasn't a good quality they do have a criterion collection with a lot of that graininess cleaned up that i haven't seen but it looks good And the reason this happened is because back in the day before 1989, I believe, whenever you made a film, you had to put a copyright notice on the film to claim the copyright. The distributor, because this was like had a different name before, and when they switched names, they forgot to put the copyright notice on. So immediately made that public domain free to use. That's why there's so many different copies and remakes Uh of this. 
So there was no terms of like regress they could take when it hit. Like it's like, oh shit, pull it from publication. Like once it hit theaters the first time, it was over. Yeah, it, it took Congress. It took an act of Congress to change that. So now if it's noticed, like in the credits, uh-huh. it still can be copyrighted. Gotcha. And that's all they needed was copyright for this film would have been what? Yeah, it would have the Roman numerals, copyright, all that shit. Yeah. Right there on the title card kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And, gotcha. and even today, this is one of the most downloaded films on the Internet Archive because of the ease of access to it. You can find it literally anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't get in trouble for it legally, right? No. I mean... And you can do whatever you want with it. So is that copyright, like, limited in a sense to, like, Criterion Collection, if they did something special with it, like colorization, could that colorized mm-hmm. edition be copyrighted, or...? Can it? I think so. Okay. I think the new... Yeah, because the 1990 remake, the uh-huh. Tom, which was made by Tom Savini, is copyrighted. Gotcha. So, yeah, like, depending on the level of change that you do to it and other shit, uh, I'm not a copyright lawyer. I don't mm-hmm. try to be. But, it, I mean, this just really sucks. And I know that's a that's a very costly mistake to make. Yeah, and you're talking about George A. Romero's, like, his life work. Yeah. And just for it to go to the public like that. But again, he 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 ba- it bounced back about ten years later with Dawn of the Dead, and the rest they say is history with that. Yeah, man, that's. I mean, I know George A. Romero probably made a decent living after the fact of this movie, but he lost a lot of money on this because so of he it. lost a lot of money because of the distributors deal. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't know much about that, and they took a lot more than they should have. Uh, probably should have. They got. They ripped him off. Dicks. That's why he took a lot more control whenever the dawn and day came out. Um, fuck. For real, I'd probably be pissed. Oh, I would be too. I'd be. Oh God, that's thirty million dollars. I mean. <laughs> And that's 1968 money. That's what. Let's just see. Yeah, they did the 1991, and then they did a. In 2006, they did a 3D one, which wasn't good. Which is, but cool fact about that is that the 1991 has Bill Mosley, House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh huh. 3D has the other fucking dude. The other House of a Thousand Corpses guy. Yeah, uh, Sid Haig. Oh wow. And holy fuck, George A. Romero, that $30 million a day is money be $255 million. Yeah, it was a pretty, it did very well. And this is one, like we said, one of the reasons ratings came into play because where they played it was like afternoon matinees where kids would go in. Yeah, that's that's. And a lot of adults got a little butthurt about that. I can imagine. No, of course, like, well, there was a group of people that said that this was satanically inspired or some dumb shit. Oh, it's just the beginning of the satanic panic. No, that's been going on a long time. Just the perfect stuff we need. Anything else you want to add? 
Uh, nothing I can think of. I mean, this was the first time I've ever seen this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm much sure you know I'm familiar with a lot of things that have spawned off this legacy that has been created. So I guess did George A. Romero kind of create the idea of a zombie, or was it just this the first zombie film? Well, there were Haitian movies that dealt with zombies. Yeah, like in a way, but that was like through voodoo and magic. Yeah. This was an entirely new creation. So they had to come up with the rules and that changed like some of the rules changed throughout the dead movies. Oh yeah. Like and it is kind of interesting cuz you see like the rules of the zombies seem to change throughout the movie as well. Mhm. But that makes sense cuz you always hear are these when you're talking about zombies many are these fast zombies are they slow zombies are they smart zombies or like mm-hmm. And this one reminded me, if I was going to liken to the Left for Dead zombies. Were they fast? Well, they were fast. You had some of them that were incredibly fast and dangerous. And they also... Or is it like the Dead Rising zombies where... Did, <laughs> did you go with the Xbox game where you just go through the chain? Like, yeah, you just go... Rah, 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 chainsaw rah, rah, rah. And just the dual yep. wooden chainsaw and just chew them up? No. This or, was... well, my favorite, Dead Rising 3, where you're just on a steamroller and you just... <laughs> go to town some were fast some were slow uh-huh some mutated it and then i played dead rising 4 and i was like uh because it was a linear game uh-huh unlike the other three yeah because those were all open world in a sense right yeah they were all open world like you well within the map but yeah it's like the first one was a mall I think they were all a mall. No, the third one wasn't. Third one was a whole ass town. That's why, like, that was the big because it was a an Xbox release, like first first title, and they were touting the power of the Xbox. Gotcha. Because I think I played the first one and never beat it, but I think I beat the second one. But yeah, these no these Left for Dead were the fast, screaming, smart zombies. And you see it referenced in so much media nowadays. Yeah. And just to put it out there, like this entire movie is almost what Walking Dead thought it wanted to be, in a sense. Like it wanted to be a long form The Night of the Living Dead. Mm hmm. And it got long form boring. Goddamn. I want to say because, well, part of the reason it's able to is because. This movie also portrays like humans in these instances and not just like the zombies, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I like the other ones more. Because, like, this is a good movie, I like it. Uh-huh. Uh, but the others go into more of that human nature, uh huh. And in different circumstances, you haven't seen Dawn or Day of the Dead, have you? I don't think so. Dawn of the Dead is great. It's yeah. probably it's probably my favorite one. Day of the Dead's it's okay. I didn't like it in the nineties when it would be on TNT every week. Mm-hmm. But and I've seen Land of the Dead a couple of times, but it for some reason isn't hitting with me anymore. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Land of the Dead. That's the newest one, right? Well, it's not the newest one. It's the newest one people know. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's the one with John Leguizamo and Dennis Hopper. Okay. And uh, Patrick Jane. 
Yeah. Fucking mentalist dude. The only reason I really remember, I think I see that movie, is because I remember seeing like some of the steals, like looking at the steals up, like I vaguely <laughs> remember that. Granted, I'll be the first to admit I smoked a lot of weed in this time period. And of course, his movies have it spawned those sequels, it spawned remakes. Yeah. Of each of his movie, uh, first three, there's a remake, Dawn of the Dead, which a lot of people know about, the Zack Snyder one. Uh-huh. And then there's the remake of Day of the Dead, which I have not seen and I probably will not see. Why won't you watch that one? Because it doesn't look good. Doesn't? No. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a sci-fi movie. Gotcha. But you've never seen Hellraiser, have you? No. That new trailer for Hellraiser on Hulu looks good. I I vaguely know of it. That's probably something you'd be hard to get into. Maybe. Didn't, and this is a tangent in its own right, didn't those take like a more sci-fi twist by like movie three or four as well? Yes. Like they were no longer just pure horror. They were, we're actually beings from a different dimension trying to save your realm. Something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Sorry if we just spoiled the Hellraiser series for you. Wait, what'd you ask? <laughs> the Hellraiser series by like movie three and four, they had moved into sci-fi. Oh, well, yeah. Well, it went to space in the fourth. If, I'm uh, sorry, but that was like 25 years ago if you don't. So 1997? If you don't know that by now, <laughs> that's on you. Yeah. Usually five years and then if you're spoiled by a movie that, man. Largely on you. Yeah, true. You ready to get started? I am ready to get started. So, we got to open somewhere, and we're opening on a dirt road. We are in total black and white. It's great. Driving down in a single car on this dirt road. Kind of like if you ever go backroading in rural areas, and you don't see anyone for miles and miles. It's great. It's a great feeling. This reminded me a lot of, like, you know where you live at, you can drive for like 30 minutes on Backwoods Road and wind at this random graveyard that's there in the middle of fucking nowhere and it's been there for decades and you don't know but somehow it's still there. Somebody's taking care of it. You'd never see who they are and it's just like, the fuck is going on here? Yeah, and <laughs> this is where we're getting the, the credits and they're very, like, they don't, they look cheap. Because they, they $117,000 budget will get you cheap. And there's this music blaring. Mm-hmm. This isn't original music. It was actually stock music from other movies. Oh, that they just kind of took snippets of and put in? Mm-hmm. Wow. I guess it was a f- Teenagers from Outer Space or some shit like that. I can't remember the where they got it from. How'd they get by on that? They bought the right, like, stock music. <laughs> oh. There was a company that sold, like, this is stock music. You can buy the license for it. Kind of like back then, except this. Except back then it was on vinyl records instead of downloading. Gotcha. And we're seeing these two people pull into a cemetery because they got to go see Daddy. I don't even give yeah. a fuck. Don't come see me when I'm dead. If I'm in the ground, that is. I shouldn't be in the ground. Yeah. I should be a pile of ash. I don't want people to see me when I'm alive. 
much less at a cemetery. And this was a three hour fucking trip. Which is insane, isn't it? Like I, I'm I'm like, no, yeah, either bring the body closer or good riddance. I don't know what to tell you. That was like a once a year thing for them, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I think they implied that it was once a year. And they did it for their mom. Who we notice is not ever showing up either. Never show just never goes. Like dead people just aren't that important to me. Like because eventually after we die, cemeteries recycle the land. If it's a well known like more used cemetery for more caskets, say yeah. like in the middle of town. But this is where we meet John, Johnny and Barbara. And Johnny's here saying he doesn't want to blow Sunday doing this. I don't blame him. You're out with me, Johnny. It's sad that you're only here for a few more minutes. But this is played by Russell Strainer. He, this is probably, again, like you, this, a lot of these are going to be, this is their only role, only known role. Mm-hmm. But he did write Return of the Living Dead. And he was a producer for this movie. Gotcha. And Barbara is played by Judith O'Day, who is on some a lot of videos I've seen. Very very nice woman. These two are having a discussion on when summer ends, and I was really confused by the dialogue here because I guess she was saying that summer should be when time changes, which would make it November. Well, that. That no change in November is a recent thing. Well, no, summer should last until su- till November. Like, no, there's got to be fall. Yeah. Or should they wanted the time change at the summer solstice or some shit? Because he was complaining about losing the like an hour's sleep. Yeah, Johnny's straight up anti-daylight savings time, as most Americans are nowadays. I'm just like. We did. We did get rid of that shit, right? No, we didn't. Wait, no, I thought that passed. Nope. Fucking kidding me? Daylight savings is a thing. It's never going away, Matt. God damn it. I thought they really fucking got rid of it. No. Yeah, the Senate approved a bill. Hasn't been signed, though. A unit, which is held a committee. Oh, my God. It hasn't passed the fucking House. Uh-huh. Fucking Christ. Christ. Why isn't this passed? This is like one thing, like an easy thing. God damn it. Nobody wants it. Not even farmers who it was made for. Yeah. Nobody wants it in stump. Give me back my hour. Yeah. And Johnny here is a 100% right that they're like, why are we fucking here? And there are those two are arguing about this trip. But while he's getting out of the car, the radio is saying there's been technical issues, mm-hmm. which is hinting toward what will happen later. You get some ominous sounds ending in the background as they're during this scene as well. As it's just the thunder is just slow rolling. Nothing like major, just kind of setting the mood. And they are walking around looking for this fucking grave and they eventually find it. Johnny, smart Johnny here, is remarking about where the fuck are the old flowers and the other shit that we brought. Who takes care of it. Yeah, he's like, it's a grift. Me, you're right. As the that thunder comes in, we see a man walking in the distance, and at the same time, Johnny is putting on his driving gloves because he's ready to get the fuck out of here. We need to bring those back, Tracy. Driving gloves. You can keep them. 
I don't need them. <laughs> they just bother me, probably. As he's getting his gloves on, he's also making fun of her. I'm just like, oh, they're coming to get you. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they're also talking about church. Yeah. And Barbara being scared at the cemetery. And it's not unfounded fears. You talked about a cemetery in the middle of nowhere where we're from. Mm-hmm. And I think you're referring to the one that teens would go to a lot. I wasn't thinking of one in particular when I thought of it. Oh, there is one where we're from that teenagers a lot would go to to go mm-hmm. smoke, go do shit. Yeah. And there were people that owned the adjacent property. If they heard people pull in, they would come out with shotguns and four-wheelers to scare them off. Oh, wow. <laughs> Talk and, about being bold. Yeah, but it, it's entirely scary. It's kind of like whenever the what vampire cult house was up. I don't remember that either. Do you remember the vampire cult? Nope. Where we're from? Like, pretty famous, like, infamous murders. If you no, I don't. Oh, yeah, there was like a big, and they stayed in this abandoned house. I don't think it's up anymore. I had, went there as a teenager. Where was it at? Graves. I mean, we're at in Graves. I can't remember in Graves. I've rode, rode with people. Oh. But they, these group of teens, like it, it kind of added to the whole, you know, satanic panic of the 90s. Oh, as is want to do then. Yes. I think it actually might have been in Callaway. I do kind of vaguely remember being like a witch house in Callaway off 94 East, West, outside of Murray. No, East, outside of Murray. I kind of remember something about that when I went there with my first girlfriend. Kind of mm-hmm. did. I'm like, checked it out because it was near also a graveyard that was haunted. The quotation marks for those who, for those everybody who couldn't see. And- like they, they had killed someone and it looked like a ritualistic killing. Uh-huh. It, I don't think it was. I, y'all want to do look at that true crime shit you can go to. I, I don't really remember a lot of the details. But yeah. they and then they ran off to Louisiana where they were caught. <laughs> but yeah, the house was there. We walked in, it was spray had a lot of graffiti in it and different things. Gotcha. I was also referring to my great grandmother's graveyard. Mm-hmm. It's like out in the middle of fucking nowhere. I couldn't find it today if I wanted to. Like I would have to have my parents take me to show me where it's at. I've I've had to ask about my own my grandfather's grave. I was like, it's right over there, right? I was like, yeah, if you just go down that road and it's another 15 minutes down yeah. fucking the middle of nowhere. I'm like, why the fuck did we drive that this far to put a body in the ground? God damn. Creepy. The more funerals I've been in, the less I've been like, yeah, that's what I want. Same here. But this is where Johnny says that iconic line. They're coming to get you, Barbara. And... Sticks with a lot of people as another one later in the movie. Um, and he's trying to scare her here, which, Johnny, I like you a lot because I'd be doing the same shit. And that guy that was walking up shows up and he tries to attack Barbara. That's where Johnny's like, okay, done fucking around. I got to defend my sister. Yeah. And she's just watching. There's nothing to help. And I'm like, there's nothing to help. And. Probably should have because otherwise, 
The zombie wouldn't have strong armed his ass and bashed his head into a gravestone. Oh yeah, I was like, damn. Like, yeah, you this is first seven minutes of the movie and we we hitting the ball rolling, like we gone. Yeah. And y'all oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say the build up to that, because while you see what Johnny fucking with Barbara, you see the zombie or the ghoul slow walking up behind him at the same time too. You're, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I'm just gonna refer to them as zombies. They they're not referred to that in here. In yeah. fact, none of the movies ever refer to them as zombies. Uh huh. But that's what they are. I mean, that's what we know them as. Yeah. But then, like, you see them. The zombie and Johnny Russell and just his skull gets bounced off the, the gravestone and just, oh yeah, just oh god, ping! I get the fuck out. Yeah, so she runs to the car and at least she locked the fucking doors. I was like, oh yeah, they, it's something about and I know like they're fake. I know that. Uh huh. I can't stand to watch these type of deaths in movies. It's it's one that does give me a little queasy feeling. Where stupidity gets them, or no, where they get smacked in the fucking head. Oh, like they get cold like a damn chicken. Because I mean, because we all have heard stories about the dude who got to a fight and fell in his hand, and that was it. Like, it's a very real fear to an extent for some people. So I'm actually surprised that's never happened in UFC. Like, someone just get cococked and then they fucking go out. I mean, how many boxers have died due to it? I don't know. I mean, there's been three or four deaths related to boxing. Because oh, yeah, of, like a long time ago in the ring. Oh, there was one a couple of years ago. Oh, there was? Mm-hmm. Oh. I really don't pay attention to boxing because now it's more like celebrity fucking boxing. And, like, what I think today they talked about Floyd Mayweather's going against Conor McGregor again. And then you got, what, what Jake Paul? Logan Paul? Yeah. Whoever, whoever's going against Anderson Silva, and it's like, Dude, stop going against old people. I mean, I still am always going to pray and hope that the older fighters beat the shit out of them, like Anderson Silva here. I'm always, huh. I was a huge fan of Anderson Silva back in the day. I mean, for all of them, it's just a here's a payday. Here we yeah. go. But these these hits to the head. There's one that's even worse that gets me every time. Like I'm like, Ugh. in uh, this movie? No, no, no. In Children of the Corn Three. Oh, this one. Have you ever seen the Children of the Corn movies? I haven't. So this is Urban Harvest. Uh Uh-huh. This woman is walking and she gets slips on a pipe and hits the back of another pipe right in that soft area right beneath your skull. Uh Uh-huh. God damn. Mm. But I'll do it. The but this zombie starts chasing Bart. We still don't know what's going on. He just looks like he's been he's rugged. But, yeah, she locks herself in, like you said, but she doesn't have any keys. Yep. And and something that zombies don't do now. He's used tools. He uses a tool. He uses a rock. Yeah, which. That was, George A. Romero just told him to wing it. Uh-huh. That's why that happened. And in future dead movies of Romero's, they actually start gaining their ability it uh-huh. starts coming back somewhat like in land of the dead he uses or in day of the dead is a big big one with uh bub where he would finally figure out how to fire a gun 
you see also they use tools at other times in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just this one-off occurrence. But they also do establish that they're fast zombies too, that these aren't just a slow... Like that dude took off fucking running after her. Oh yeah, he booking it. And this dude didn't look to be looked to be in his late forties, early fifties too. Yeah. Like while he's trying to get to Barbara, he she releases the the brake. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if this was just a feature of inferior cars, like unsafe cars back then where you could just do that. Just pull pull the trigger like it was a pinball machine. Well, if it's a manual, I mean it's nineteen sixty. So it's probably a large chance it's a manual, and it's just got the emergency brake on. Once you release the emergency brake, it's just going to roll. Maybe. And this causes the car to roll down the hill into a tree. And it was already dented. That's why you look. It's a weird cut. Uh huh. It was already dented, so they shot it like that to make it look like the tree did it. And she books it. She's running, and she's like the zombies keeping up with her too. Uh huh. Pretty. (laughs) She locates an empty house where she locks herself in, and like there's no one there. Well, we don't see anyone there at first, and it just looks like an Airbnb in the middle of nowhere. Old farmhouse. Yeah. Wasn't it shot in Pennsylvania? Yes, in Pittsburgh, right outside of Pittsburgh, about thirty minutes away. And because that's, uh, I think George A. Romero went to Carnegie Mellon University. Uh-huh. Yep. I give I give this house four stars. It's pretty sturdy. Yeah, as we'll see. Because she's walking around, and we get this jump scare that real uh, might have gotten people back then, but now it's just like, what the hell? When she walks into the room with the taxidermy, like, and they, they spent a lot of time on that taxidermy, like I guess. But I mean. And maybe we don't notice it because, I mean, honestly, how many people did we know growing up that that was their fucking living rooms? That it was my grandfather. I mean, yeah, like, so we like this, my in laws, my uncles, cousins, you know, like this wasn't nothing new for us. But I think if somebody like in the city saw this movie, like, what the fuck is that? And it's just like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. Is that a dead ferret stuffed? That's or- a dead ferret with a dead fish in its mouth. Yeah, <laughs> the zombie is still trying to get to her, trying to get in, and all of a sudden, other zombies just start popping up. Yeah, and this is where she runs upstairs, where she's shocked by dead rotting corks. It's a pretty scene. Yeah, it's really good effects. And what's cool about it is that George A. Romero made it. Made the corks. Mm-hmm. It was uh, ping pong balls. I could see that. It kind of looked like play doh. At least from like the, what I saw of it, and this is this is what the you know hundred seventeen thousand dollar budget gets you, and he made it work. It's a good startling effect, especially at the yeah. time, because this was probably one of the goriest movies that came out at that time. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I would I would say so because also I mean. You don't spend a lot of time on that corpse in this movie. Like you see cuts of it, but mm-hmm. you don't spend more than like a second or two seeing that corpse on screen at a time. Well, later on, it's not the same corpse. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's actually the kid that we'll see later. She doubled. She just went up there and acted like that. Oh, gotcha. Okay, but I mean, like, 
the gory scenes, some of the gory scenes, like it made me gag while I was watching it. I was like, later on. And, but originally Tom Savini was supposed to do this makeup. You know who Tom Savini is, right? Tom Savini, makeup artist. Sounds familiar, but I couldn't. Done a lot of fucking movies. Okay, yeah, I know. I see who he is now. Yeah, you look at some of his work. It it, it was phenomenal. I remember there was a TV show on Sci-Fi where they had like a reality TV show, a contest between makeup artists. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing some of his, like him coming in and judging for some of the episodes. Haley, my wife and a neighbor were very much into that show for a bit. Like they'd watch it quite a bit. And I watched some episodes with them. <laughs> that was pretty cool to check out. Did... Um, he was supposed to do this, but he ended up not. He did, of course, like the other dead movies. He did Friday the Thirteenth, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like uh-huh. horror makeup effects. This, this is the dude. <laughs> Even did uh, from Dust Till Dawn. The but they didn't get it worked out for this movie. He's got a special effects makeup program. God damn! Oh, and it's in Pennsylvania, of course. That's cool. Sorry, I just saw that random fact. Uh, but he ended up directing the 1990 remake of this, Tom Savini. I'm going to send you a picture. I was looking at Tom Savini to see some of the stuff. And this got brought up, and I want you to look at it. And you can. I want you to feel the despair as I do seeing that picture. That motherfucker. I know. This motherfucker <laughs> like, jacked the fuck up. Seven two years old in a lot better shape than I would. That, that was ten years. That was ten year different or yeah, twelve at year 60 difference. Sixty seventy two. So he was jacked at sixty, and he jacked even more at seventy two. This was only done three years ago too. Fuck. Goddamn. Fucking beef. Dude's a fucking beefcake. Yeah. Goddamn. I'm depressed. <laughs> I just Fuck. ruined everything. I go to the gym like every other day too. Goddamn. I have no excuse. I guess if you make you make the money, you can get you can afford that kind of shit. The uh, so she's like freaking out by the about this dead body and runs out. And this is where we meet the phenomenal Dwayne Jones as Ben. And he's like, "What the fuck you doing? Get back inside." Yeah. And which I and this oh go ahead. I was just gonna say like it's quickly shown that he's gonna be a lead character in this movie. And which I just have to mm-hmm. give major applause for movie in 1968 casting an African-American as the yes. lead heroic character as well. Not a lead villain in the sense, but like a lead heroic character. This was one of the first black actors to be main in movies. So it did. It, it was groundbreaking in that sense. The this Dwayne Jones is a theater actor or was uh-huh. rather. And once he enters, this is his yeah. movie. This is absolutely his fucking movie, as we'll see. Yes. And you could tell that. And the reason he got the job is because he was the be- he did the best audition to Romero. Uh-huh. I mean, as it should be. Yeah. So, I mean, Romero was pretty advanced for 1968. He's of Hispanic himself, isn't he, Romero? Yeah, I believe so. And may have been part of trying to get representation of like, hey, this is not just white people in my fucking film. No, he he actually has said that this role wasn't like was written for uh-huh. a white man, but 
Dwayne Jones did the better yeah. audition, so that was why. <laughs> he never he never went out and said, I'm going to diversify this cast. I got you. But I do think the cast, because of this casting choice, it makes tension later in the movie work better as well because of the time frame it's happening. Yes, and we'll talk. Yeah, we'll absolutely talk yeah. about that. So, yeah. Ben is here, though, to use the gas pump that he saw, that we saw outside the house. But there's no key to it, which I'm like, you're in the middle of nowhere. Why do you have your fucking gas tank locked up? So if thieves can't come get your gas? No, in the middle of nowhere, though. Like, you would have to know where it is, though. You get what I'm saying? Like, you were, this is a remote fucking part. There's not going to be anyone that sees it. What I'm saying is, they probably left it unlocked, and then somebody came and stole their gas, and then they locked it because of it. Like, I think this is... I mean, the, no one has keys in this fucking movie. Like, keys are hard to come by. At this point, though, and this is what's kind of sad, and kind of a, a mark against the movie for me, is pretty. Barbara is pretty much done with this movie. She's too scared to do anything after this point. Yeah, like I took it like she saw her brother get killed and then her she, once she like, oh, I'm no longer like have to make decisions myself to survive. There's somebody else to do it. Like her mind just shuts off. Mm-hmm. Like it's complete and total like shock collapse kind of idea. She's completely catatonic. And I, I mean, I see what you're saying. Romero even has admitted that he fell into the whole damsel in distress trope when he wrote this. Damsel in distress would have always been something like she literally lays on the couch and just, yeah, like, just lays on the couch the whole time, chews on it like that's all she does for the rest of the film. Yes, pretty pretty much. Like she does a few things, and there's like one moment of brief, oh fuck, we got to do yeah. something, but yeah, pretty much. And luckily, in Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, he. Romero did write stronger women characters in the movies. A lot stronger. In the 1990 remake, which he had a hand in writing, a far superior version if you're looking at Barbara with the 1991. Uh Because she is a more heroic and is more part of the movie. Gotcha. So if you, I would strongly suggest watching it. It's on AMC Plus or Shutter. The 1990 remake is probably one of my one of my favorite remakes uh-huh. of a movie because they did a lot of improvements. Yeah, and it's in color and it's more gory because it's got Tom Savini in it doing it or in a and way. They had not 150 thousand dollars to do it. Yeah, they had a lot more money. Yeah. While Ben here is looking for food, and she's just trying to figure out what happened, and zombies pick up vandalism as a trade now and just start bashing a car. Yeah. Just start. They bust the lights on the truck. Yeah, and Ben returns with some bashing skills of his own. Uh-huh. And it's funny, he got two of the- them, and she's like, uh, what do we do with this third one? He's like, fine, I'll do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, another zombie pops out of the room and heads toward uh-huh. Barbara, which then saves her again and putting a tire iron through his head. And this is John A. John Russo, uh-huh. the producer. 
here. I wonder how many times they double dipped in the sense of like, uh, pretty much everyone. Like we're not using you particularly in this particular shot. We need you to wear this and this. Well, a lot of people that help uh-huh. make the movie are also in the movie. I mean, it helps. I, I guess like this was some, like a passion project, and everybody was bought in, bought in on it, and which is good. And Ben is here, like, mm, yeah, this is our safe. This is our safe zone. Uh, we need to board up this house, like right the fuck now. Yeah. And he also knows that one thing that scares zombies is fire. So he burns a body outside to, to get him to go away. Yeah. And Barbara's just right, right here is where she's just walking around petting a knife, a precious or some <laughs> I mean, shit. She's, she's lost at this point. And I don't know how being as a person would just be like, look, woman, you're going to get your shit together or we're going to die. Oh, yeah, he's absolutely right. Like, he goes off on her for a uh-huh. brief second, and he collects himself, but then, late, like, just a few minutes later, he's 100% correct, and it's like, yeah, sucks that you have trauma. We all do. Put it aside for a minute. Like, when we get to safety, then you can let yeah. it go. Because they're also talking about all their, like, what happened before they got there, and Ben is talking about how he got the truck and everything he's seen. And this is really flexing his uh, theater muscles because he's monologuing and he's doing a really good job of it. Yeah. And Bar- Barbara is just sitting in this chair while he's doing work. And she finally opens up and tells Ben what happened to Johnny. Except, I don't know, call it PTSD or whatever, but her version of events is different from mm-hmm. the ones we saw. Oh, maybe. Like entirely fucking different. She's talking about something about candy, and I don't remember one word being uttered. I think there was candy was mentioned in when he was fucking with her about it, when her brother was fucking with mm-hmm. her about it. But I mean, it's it's is different to an extent. But I also think it's that helps portray just how fucking confused she is. Because I mean, we're at this point where we understand what's going on as an audience, but she the actors involved do not. And so I think that's part of it as well is we're able to put two and two together for knowing what's going on while she's participating in it. It's kind of like, uh, fuck. And trying to make the best of what she can of it, I guess you want to say. But you start to see him also just take anything that isn't necessarily nailed down and start kind of hammering and kind of board up windows and doors. Like you see, I, you know, I'd be pulling fucking wood out of the walls if I could. Oh yeah, like I'd been tearing cabinets down. The bed frames would be taken apart. Like it's all it's all yeah. gone. I would have them doors went open for fucking nothing. <laughs> and I mean, that or I'd be throwing everything against the door to blockade yeah. it because there's plenty of stuff in there to do that. Yeah. But the we we also see here that she decides to be helpful instead of just kind of standing around. It, yeah, she grabs like some little stakes. Yeah, what is that going to work? What what's that going to help, Barbara? Come on now. She holds up some wood for him while he's trying to nail it as well. Oh yeah, but uh, not a whole lot. I mean, not a lot, but I mean, it's because in this where she stop, she tries to run out again, and he stops her. Then she slaps him, and then he just knocks oh, yeah. the shit out of her. Which- I, I'm under the mind, never put your hands on a woman, but I think in that situation where it's like you could get us both killed, I think that's, that is, I, I'm not going to lie, when I saw it, I was like, damn, 
she slapped him. He's just like crossed, and she just dropped. Yeah, she's just like a little pink, and then he just snaps. Like, nope. Like, I understand, like, the heat of the moment kind of shit. Like, especially whenever you're being, like, there's like 10 zombies outside trying to kill you. Yeah. And she was spinning, like, I gotta go get my brother. And she, I, I get why. But I mean, we saw that dude's skull bounce off the ground. We saw that he was dead and know his fate. She doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. understand it. So while she's, you know, she's out cold because I think like he slapped her and then she fainted. She's like, how dare, how dare he? <gasps> but Ben finds a radio and we get some exposition. And right now they still don't know what's going on, which is why I like it because in future movies, it's like, oh, well, they, the dead have risen and it's zombies and all this shit. Yeah. Here they're just like, how do we explain what's going on? And they're saying it's unidentified assassins randomly killing people. You see this throughout this film as like it becomes clear what's going on. It's also related to the audience, us as what's happening, which I think is a very good like example of how it would happen in real life. Because you have that first instance where everybody's like, the fuck is going on? People are killing each other. Uh, and it just gets darker and darker. And so I, yeah, exactly. See, now we like, I mean, I don't personally believe there could ever be like a, a zombie apocalypse with humans. No, hopefully not. That is specifically why my wife, like, <laughs> I'm going to leave this in. Just my wife wants to be cremated for the specific purpose of if there's a zombie apocalypse, she doesn't want to come back as a zombie. Really? I just want to be cremated because it's the cheapest option. Nope, she doesn't want to be a zombie. If it becomes an option, <laughs> and, I, wow. and I'm like, I don't want to be cremated. I just wanted you to put some dirt over me and let me just go back to the earth as like part of the natural life cycle. Oh yeah, and she's like, no, I don't want you to be a zombie either. <laughs> she's like, if <laughs> wow, but, <laughs> wow, dude, but yeah, and like the, the just even like the way the news report comes across, it's just like widespread and rather. All across, no fucking idea what's going on. It's just sudden general explosion of violence. And that's all you're left with. But we're getting a one-man Ben show here, which, cool. Cool for me, because I like Ben. Yeah. Because he's getting, he's got to get ready to fight. Like, he takes a chair and lights it up to scare off zombies. I'll see, because I would have set myself on fire doing that. He's got to take a drag off a cigarette, of course. I'd be doing the same. I found if I found one, I'd be like, "Well, I haven't smoked in a while. I'm gonna pick it back up because, uh, yeah, the events of the day kind of require it." And this is where he finds the rifle, and the bullets are hidden in a shoebox, which I thought was kind of funny. Like, and amidst all this, he's still trying to talk to her, and she's catatonic now. She's woken up. She's just nope. She's not anywhere in this movie. Yeah. But the radio does confirm that the dead are being eaten by zombies. However, this is a key important point when we're talking about zombie films. They're not eating brains in this movie. That's an actual invention of the Return of the Living Dead series. Huh. So after this was made, Romero's like, oh, we got we to gotta make a new one. We got to make, make another one. We got to get our money back. We got to get us some money. But he also had some ideas. 
him and John Russo, who I mentioned earlier, conflicted on where to take the movies, like the direction. Uh huh. So they had a big falling out, and so they had they agreed that you would get Romero's dead movies that will branch one way. And the Living Dead series from Russo would branch another. So they're all technically canon. So it's like if Romero, it's of the dead. And if it's... We just say dead, the dead movies. Well, well, I was going to say, like, if you're looking at them, a movie poster at a movie theater, telling a difference, it'd be like what? Romero's was of the dead and Rizzo's was of the living dead or Russo's? Russo's was of the living dead? Oh, just living dead. Gotcha. Uh, he did the first three of those. They did a few more, but so in Return of the Living Dead, which I love, it was actually set in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh huh. The undead lived off of brains, and gotcha. they would suffer without it. They were also more comedic in those movies. Uh huh. So it's not important in the Romero movies what caused all this, even though we'll talk about that here in a little bit in the living dead movies. It's a to- It's a government toxin that infected people. Sounds like Tuskegee. It's a little bit. You should, it might be implied on that, but the return of living dead movie. I love the first one. I'm it's been a while since I've seen the other two, but they're good in their own right. They're just different. Yeah. But it's not just Ben and Barbara in this movie we gotta see some more people because as the radio is going on two men finally come out of the cellar and scare the shit out of barbara scared the shit out of me i was like who the fuck are these guys <laughs> you didn't see that they put the camera on the cellar door for a second well i mean right before that right before that yeah like i saw that but like them popping up and it's like where the fuck were you at like 30 minutes ago yeah this is where i'm I'm a hundred percent supporter of Ben. I would have knocked the fuck out of these dudes. Like, what the fuck were you? I mean, he already had the rifle at that point. They would have been shot. Oh man, or at least taking a fucking buttstock to the head for not helping out. Yeah. Like, dude, we're getting attacked. What the fuck? And Harry Cooper here is played by another producer, Carl Hardman. Uh-huh. While Tom is played by Keith Wayne. And this is Keith Wayne's Wikipedia is he's known for this movie. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Some of the people on this film don't even have a Wikipedia. Yeah. I think it's weird that Keith Wayne does versus some of the others. Um, Immediately, though, Harry is not trusting of Ben. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. But I don't know why. But I'd be less trusting of Harry. Yeah. Because Ben isn't trust doesn't trust his ass either. Nope. Because Harry is like, hey, we got to get down the cellar. It's the safest spot. Ben's like, the fuck are you on? It's a death trap. Yeah, because there's no escape. Right. If you had to get to a room that you needed safety like that, the attic. Yeah. Because most of those... Oh, farmhouses had one built in. Something like that, yeah. And thinking about this also, he mentions that there's a hurt kid in the basement as well. Yes. I believe that's Harry's daughter, right? It was Harry and Helen's. Karen. That's the kid's name. Okay. I thought you were saying that wife was Karen. I was like, oh. no, no, no. Harry, Helen, and Karen. Okay, I gotcha. And so, like, we know from our years of zombie, like, if a kid somehow got injured or bit by one of them, 
then all of a sudden, like, we know they're going to become a zombie. Right. And it's interesting hearing this as well. They're just like, uh, I don't think I want to be in the basement with that kid because that means they're probably going to be a zombie as well. And you want to avoid that at all costs. <laughs> but I agree with Ben. And they definitely that. Because then the zombies have the high ground, Anakin. It would work as a fallback plan as well, especially depending on how well the, like, you want to start there. No, 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 you don't know. You'd immediately put yourself in a spot where you can get out of it. At least, like, if you had to fall back and go. Because, I mean, it's established they're afraid of light. They don't like fire. So maybe you can make it to daylight and give you a spot to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Or way I would say, my, my spots would be attic if, it, if there's one. Because most of the time you had those, like, pull-away doors. Yeah. I think that's even in the 1991. Another play, get on the roof. Just get out the window and get on the roof because you can tell that they're they're slow moving. They don't uh, have coordination. So you could just ride it out on a roof. Yeah, but if that's what you needed to do. But we've also established, at least in this film, they're not all slow moving, but also they do use tools. And so somehow magically they tear the house down around them. Mm-hmm. So the, this other dude, Tom, he's telling Ben that about everything going on and Tom is really trying to be con- like the middleman between these two viewpoints and I'm like dude pick a side well I mean like no pick a side like no one one is clearly wrong it's Harry yeah. I mean he is and this we're kind of given Harry is the this is where I want to link it back to like the walking dead where you kind of get more of a social aspect played in this as opposed to like it's a social story yeah. told within a zombie apocalypse as opposed to a zombie apocalypse with a little bit of social sprinkling because you also are dealing with the dynamics of people who have diametric opposed and you have the one guy in there's trying to find a way of getting to work together because we find out later in the movie what happens when this middle ground is gone mm-hmm. and so i think it plays a part in that we're also getting some social commentary on race yeah here and this was 1968, so Martin Luther King's about to be assassinated. Yeah. And the Civil Rights Act is about to be passed, or was passed. It's about the same time period. I think Civil Rights Act was... Or not, yeah, Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. 64 Civil Rights Act. I think Voting Rights Act was 64 as well. 65. So, yeah, you're a few years removed from that. Yeah. And Romero wasn't meaning for there to be that commentary about race here, but you can clearly see it. Yeah. Like, it's clearly evident. It Rod DeSantis would call this fucking film woke. Of course he would. <laughs> As I said, Ben was originally going to be white, but even so, like, the subtext is there for multiple reasons. Not only in the film, like, what you're watching, well, let's talk about real life. Theaters in the South wouldn't play this film because of Dwayne Jones. Really? Yes. Wow. And uh, at least one time after filming for the day, Dwayne Jones was accosted by some racist teens one night. Of course. Yeah, in rural Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. And we thought we were making improvement over all these years. Yeah. And this is something like, man, it kind of sucks that he had to go through that shit. But he did. He recognized the importance of him being in that movie. Yeah. Dwayne Jones, that is. But they 
are walking to the back, like to the kitchen area, and the hands start reaching in on them, and Ben's just about to go fucking Dandy DeVito on this bitch to start popping. But Tom's like, wait, let, grab the knife and starts hacking off fingers, which they look like Play-Doh. Yeah, that's probably what they were made out of. Or Silly Putty. But then Ben shoots one in the chest, and we see that it's still alive. So now we're like, oh shit, you can't just kill him. Yeah. And then we get a boom headshot. Puts it down for the count. Yeah. Did you ever play the Call of Duty Zombies? Yeah, it's like shit. I spend nowhere near as much time as a lot of people our generation has on doing that, but I did play it a decent amount, but I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. why I played those games. I think I played it a little bit, not a whole lot. But some more zombies show up, and one of the big reasons why the MPAA, Motion Picture Association of America, was created was because of the scene, because we get a nude woman. I noticed that, and I was like, there's just a random-ass naked woman walking through here. And you just see full cake. I guess that is what it is. So Harry's not here to help. He doesn't want to help, but he wants the resources. Mm-hmm. And Ben's like, well, then, motherfucker, go downstairs then. And then he calls him a shit, like, pretty much calls him a shit father. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> damn, son. Just fucking out with it. I had, They've known each other for five minutes. Before going back downstairs, though, Tom has Judy, who's played by Judith Ridley, come upstairs to be with him. And down in the cellar, Harry's huffing and puffing. And this is where we meet his wife, Helen, played by Marilyn Eastman. She was also the zombie that ate a bug off the tree. I vaguely remember that, but that's just... Like she's laying against the tree and then she grabs a bug and puts it in her mouth. Oh, yeah, okay. That's also the same woman. She's just, again, dual role. Yeah. She's also the makeup artist for the movie. Like, she did a lot of the makeup. She did that on herself. So wearing a lot of different hats. Yes. And she is uh, the real-life... Carl Hardman, who played Harry, this is at the time she was his romantic partner. Well, if their relationship was anything like this movie, I could see why it was at the time and not a forever. Oh man, this is why you need to see the 1990 version because that relationship's even worse. Oh well, and well, it, I mean, she obviously tells him, <laughs> "You're being an ass just to be right. Like you're not making any sense." Yeah, and then immediately his reaction to her, and then her reaction return was a reaction of a woman who's been abused. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, no wonder I wouldn't want to be with that fucker either. Yeah, he's complaining about everyone being upstairs. And she, yeah, she calls him out and gives a snot-ass comment. But what sets her off is whenever he's like, yeah, there's a radio upstairs. And she's like, pretty much, dumbass, why the fuck didn't you say anything? Yeah. Like, logic is out the window for Harry, at least. And then she does say a really good comment here that I love. She's like, we may not enjoy living together, but dying together won't solve anything. (laughs) That was a great fucking line. Yeah. So we had some shuffling around. Judy goes downstairs to babysit. Uh And so the Harry and Helen can have a date night upstairs. With the TV around, gather around the family, around the TV with the family. Yeah. And upstairs, we see Barb just chilling on that couch, playing with the this lace pattern crochet. Yeah, she's us. Like, just, she looks like she's stoned the fuck out. Her her mind is gone after this one. She, she is smoked out, dude. Yeah. 
or she just like snapped in a sense like you know with the people we dealt in the military where you'd have the ones who experience PTSD real bad after mm-hmm. situations where it's just like no that's like there wasn't they got dissociative I think is the way I would describe it yeah the only thing real thing of consequence right here is when Harry comes to share a cigarette with Helen uh-huh. and he's still going off about the windows and how unsafe they are and then she's like okay so fucking help dude yeah and all of a sudden Ben and Tom bring a TV from somewhere and plug it in. That was like an 18 inch TV that weighed about 50 pounds. Yeah. And- <laughs> I mean, you could kill a couple of zombies with that bitch. Just, yeah, just pow. <laughs> Back to our dead rising where you put a TV <laughs> on the <end>. Yeah. <laughs> where you can fashion all the, your fucking weapons with whatever you had in your hands. Yeah. It's like I TV love. and a stick. And it's a mace. Let's go. I always did the one with like a chainsaw and like a pole. And I just started uh-huh. chop, just chopping away. You could get it to where it's dual any chainsaws. Yeah. And you were Darth Maul with chainsaws. Or I did the the uh rabbit with the or like the stuffed animal with the machine gun and then it was a became a bomb where it just oh, started I firing. I don't remember that part. I didn't ever do that. I think it was in three. Again, uh, three three is my favorite because it's got the most zombies and you do the most carnage. Uh-huh. But they, they're having to move rabbit ears get sound and i don't ever remember having to do that for sound yeah you would add to a sound and depending on how you adjust it you could get where you got sound and picture or picture and no sound mm-hmm. so i mean yeah to an extent yes i, I can see that and i remember now nowadays you don't have to adjust you don't have to move rabbit ears oh no like it's like a flat thing that goes against the window well, now, well, I got my dad one years ago of, of a digital antenna. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a, you hook it up with a, it hooks up to a box. And then the cable that it runs on is like the old fashioned. It's got like a low square circle, kind of like mm-hmm. a square thing that you pull in on a window that's supposed to get to the digital reception and then a little cable like you see running off an antenna, thin line that runs to a box. And then it hooks up to an HDMI cable. Gotcha. And, but this was before digital, obviously. So, Trying to pick up reception was a lot harder. And by the oh, way, yeah. you got him up. And t- did you look up the channels first before you got him that? I did. There's not a lot of channels in West Kentucky that you can pick up. He was supposed to be able to get KFVSI out of K Gerardo and WPSD. KFVS12? Yeah. Oh, yeah, WPSD is easy to pick up. You don't even need an antenna for that. You know what he gets? What? KET, and that's it. Bro, what? Yep. <laughs> that's all they get on it. And I'm like, you're kidding me. He's like, nope, that's all we get. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Okay, well, I tried. I mean. Yeah, I mean, hell, I lived in a very remote part of the fucking county back then, or back before digital reception. And I could still pick up a few channels. Yeah, and it may be the house where they're at and kind of location as well. Yeah, like I remember growing up, the first house I lived in at my grandmother's house were next door to each other. Yeah, we had like the stable antennas to where like they had the dial that turned the antenna outside that we had to use to adjust it. Mm-hmm. I remember having two thousand. I had one ago. of those, like my grandfather did, and yeah, we had it had the big old satellite dish before Drake TV and all that. All like one of like the nine foot satellite dishes or whatever. Yeah, the like, big old ones. Um, like you can pick up whatever. This was before satellite channels scrambled their reception. Oh really? Yeah. So you could pick, we picked up a one time I found a twenty four hour channel of nothing but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. Oh wow. 
there was a network. I think it was called. It was a precursor to things like Comedy Central, but it was like called the Ha Channel or the Ha Network. Uh huh. We'd watch. It had different comedies on there. And this, but here is where we learn the dead are returning to life and have been killing people. Yeah, this is where they said that the dead, you start to realize that the dead are coming back to life and they are killing people and that these are the ones that are doing the mass murders. It's just not a random group of people. That also local governments have established rescue stations and locations that will be showing up on your TV, their respective TV screens, show them where to locate and find it, which... All of a sudden, in a situation, these rescue stations would be massively understaffed and under ready for it, just the way things would go. But we also get one information tidbit of what caused this. And it was apparently a probe was sent to Venus. And the, on the, as it orbited Venus and got slingshot back to the Earth, it picked up this mysterious radiation. And when it entered Earth's atmosphere, this radiation is causing anybody who dies regardless of how they die to transform into these mindless ghouls right and almost no one ever remembers this part is that radiation is what caused it yeah which that's a very interesting also because at this time like russia or soviet union time had decided to go to venus with their missions while the u.s had decided to start actually looking at mars to deploy missions to it and so like in like is it the 80s or 90s when you actually get the... Uh, yeah, I've seen the pictures of Venus and like how the satellite couldn't last in the atmosphere that long. So you only got like a few images. It took like 40 years and it... It didn't take long to get there. Well, I mean, it took like mission like 18 for them to actually get oh. a device that lasted on Venus for longer than 10 seconds. Saw a uh, tweet the other day. that was like, NASA has found a, an Earth-like planet but it rains lava. It's like, do you know what the meaning of Earth-like is? Uh, I, I've noticed that a lot of like science nomenclature. It's like, this is Earth-like. How is it Earth-like? It's rocky. That does us no good. Sorry, I don't, I don't have a SPF 80,000 <laughs> in, ca- in case I'm running in the lava rain. Or the ones like, it's a super Earth. Gravitational force to be six Gs. The fuck are we going to do there? Just turn into pancakes? We need to go to that uh, whatever planet. I think it's Neptune or Uranus where it rains diamonds. Neptune, I think. Yeah, we just need to go there and take all the diamonds and kill the diamond market here. The diamond market here. And it would also hopefully kill the blood diamond slave trade. I mean, really, the diamond market itself would collapse if more than one family owned 95% of it. Yeah. True. Where's those, where's those, you know, thieves, those, where's that Ocean's Eleven? Yeah, but. We do get a cameo during this TV scene. Uh-huh. Uh, who's, is George A. Romero. He's the journalist interviewing DC experts in front of the Capitol. Gotcha. They just got out of their meeting with the president. Yeah, and they clearly just ran up and did this at once. Like, no film permit. Because they're right in front of the actual Capitol. Oh, wow. So they were just like, let's get this done real quick. Come on. All right. Cool. We got it. One take. They got it to work. I mean, that's all that matters, right? Right. I do love when the filmmakers do like guerrilla filming like that. Yeah. The 
And then we go to a quick interview with a doctor who just says, burn them and burn them good, y'all. That's the best way thing you can do. Yeah. And it's it's funny. It's just like the quote, I think it's like, bodies must be carried to the street and burned. Forgo the dubious comforts of a funeral. I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah. It's just like stack them like cornwood and set it on fire. Just get uh, it done. <laughs> me, I'm like, I'm, I'm already ahead of you, guy. So, I mean, so the men make a plan to go get gas to get to a rescue station. The idea here is Ben and Tom will go get the gas and Harry is the lookout. It's a magical plan. Yeah. And we real quick, we get a scene with Tom and Judy and they're, you know, talking about how much they love each other and shit. But, and he's just like, come on, Judy, get your fucking head straight. Yeah. I feel like also this is just to make what happens in a couple of minutes more sense. Yeah. I think so too. But they send Barbara downstairs who doesn't move until they were like, you can leave the house. And she's like, wait, I can leave the house. Fuck this. Yeah, let's go. But they unboard the door and run to the truck to initiate this plan of action. As Ben and Tom are getting in the truck, Judy inexplicably runs out to go with them mm. and they get to the they they manage to get to the gas tank, but things go haywire from there. First, the key doesn't work, so Ben shoots the fucking lock off. Like, mistake number one. Yeah. That's actually play, played into the 1990 version. Gas is spilt fucking everywhere. This entire sequence of it's avian. I get the key's not working. Shoot the lock off of it. But this next, like, 30 second sequence of events is just epic fucking levels of stupidity. <laughs> yeah, because it like like they spray gas everywhere like it's fucking water park and yeah. light the truck on fire. The fact they had their fucking torch, their homemade torches in between the gas tank and their truck to begin with is fucking stupid. Like, why even have it near there? But no. And this is where we lose Tom and Judy because Judy can't get the fuck out of the truck because her jacket's caught and the truck explodes. Yeah. And so now Ben is all by himself, surrounded by zombies, and has to run back to the house. And lookouts about to fuck him. Oh, yeah. So Harry had helped get them out, like through the Molotov cocktails and all that shit. Ben is playing the hardest game of tag ever to get back to the house, but he makes it back and Harry won't unlock the fucking door, which I'd have come barreling down that fuck into that door. Yeah. Which I think they wanted to add. This is to add more tension of the Harry and Ben dynamic. Like Ben probably Ben. If I was Ben, I'd probably like knock that door right on top of Harry. Yeah. And be like, Oh dude, you forgot to unlock it. Sucks to be you. Just throw his ass. I was like, Oh no, what happened, man? Oh Yeah. And then you have a door. Then you have a new door you can barricade you with. Yeah. And then you get to see like a quick scene of the zombies eating Tom and Judy off Lambe. Mm-hmm. Delicious. That's the scene where I was just like, because you just see the entrail they're eating, like they're like <laughs> eating the entrails and stuff. And I was like, yeah, Ooh. and these zombie extras are eating raw organs, Ooh. not. Actual humans, obviously, but raw organs from like the butcher shop. Ugh. 
Legitimately, mm. motherfucker, you could do like a big ass spaghetti noodle and get the same effect. What's this string of dough for? So now we get a conversation with Helen wondering when the next broadcast is going to be. They're like, what the fuck do we do now? We also find out the kid was bit, which Ben correctly assumes she could be deceased. Uh-huh. And like I said, remember, this is the first zombie movie. Like the first one that made this popular. Yeah. So things like this weren't well known or established. Uh-huh. Like if something like that happened today, you'd be like, oh yeah, that person got scratched, they're fucking dead. Out you get they could pull Carl. Yeah. Wait, Carl. From uh Walking Dead. You got bit, go commit suicide and Oh yeah, I forgot that kid fucking died in that show. Yeah. He didn't in the comic. No. Like so many of these zombie movies nowadays have like where they hide, where they get bit or whatever. Uh-huh. It's just because they want to live, they think they're different. Yeah. Or like in Dawn of the Dead, where he hid that his, or Mickey Pfeiffer hid that his wife or woman was pregnant and bit and she had changed. I was still pregnant. Yeah. You don't remember? You don't remember that? Big scene of that movie. You said in Dawn of the Dead, right? Yeah, Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder one. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, I thought you had. I think I saw the Land of the Dead. Oh, okay. But Ben thinks they can find a car. They can get to safety. And this is where Barb finally remarks something about how she has a car. But The one that she didn't have keys for. The one she didn't have keys for, yeah. That she wrecked. That Johnny has. But luckily, Johnny will be showing up soon. So. Yeah. The band turns this TV back on, and they say the radiation is getting worse. And they also talk about a sheriff posse going around offing zombies and killing them with a headshot. Yeah. And they interview the police chief, who is played by George Kasana, who is the production manager. Uh-huh. Harry wants to get the gun and thinks it. this is all Ben's fault. Yeah. And this is where the power goes out and zombies start attacking the house. They do answer in that news book with the share that the zombies don't disperse in daylight either. Like they still continue. Like it's not going to change anything for them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, uh oh, what the fuck are you going to do here? And all these things around you. Yeah. And we get and it's a little continuity error, but a lot of people don't really care because it's at night time. It's nighttime at the house, but on the broadcast, it's in the day. Uh huh. Nobody really cares about that. Yeah. So Ben has to drop the gun once these zombies start their assault on the compound. And this gives Harry the chance to take the gun. Yeah, because Ben's asking for Harry's help. I'm like holding the doors in place, isn't he? Mm -hmm. And he puts the gun down and Harry's like, I'm going to take the gun. And then threatens him with it. Yes. And so Ben, like. Ben gets into a fight with him and I always love when Ben beats the fuck out of Harry. Yeah. And finally shoots Harry in the gut in front of his wife, who is also attacked by zombies. Yeah. And Harry falls down into the cellar where he dies. His death is much better in the 1990 version. That's all I'm going to say. It's more satisfying. Barb, though, still ain't doing a damn thing. Like, get with the program. And this is where she finally decides to help Helen. She uh-huh. finally, we go. This is like an hour and twenty minutes into the movie. 
or some shit like that. And she gets Helen free, who runs downstairs, and this is where we see the kid has, well, died and come back to life and is eating daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, this is his da- daughter in real life, too. Oh, wow. I bet that's some therapy involved in that one later in life for the kid. Maybe. And Karen, the daughter, grabs a trowel. That's like, I didn't understand that one. Why, I guess, for the add horror shock to it of the the kid stabbing the mother with the gardening tool, just kind of aspect of it. Just like, here you go. I think maybe why. Instead oh, of just yeah, like, that was, it was uh, intended to be more graphic. Uh-huh. But she's, yeah, she's hacking the shit out of Helen with this. And we get these weird echo screams that really doesn't do it for me. Uh-huh. Like, like, shit. Why were they in there? They just made the choice. I didn't think it worked, but some people think it does. Uh-huh. Again, it, but... It wasn't until Land of the Dead where, like, at the end of Day of the Dead, you do see the main. Yeah, it wasn't until Dawn of the Dead where they could, where zombies were shown to actually be able to do something mm-hmm. more than just mm, the. Gotcha. But it was Land of the Dead where they actually showed it more. Like, basically, okay. zombies are evolving, is the whole thing moving on through these movies. Like, they do evolve. Uh huh. I can't remember. Like I said, I haven't seen Survival of the Dead and Diary of the Dead, but I think it does add more to it. The We go back upstairs, and again, Barbara is trying to finally be a person in this movie, and they're fighting off zombies, but she gets frozen immediately because Johnny shows up and is engulfed by the zombies. Johnny welcomes her, welcomes her back into the family with open arms. Yes, Later on, George A. Romero did a comic for Marvel, uh-huh. like what happened after this, and said that she lived. See how? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't. I haven't read the comic. It might be on Marvel Unlimited for all I know. Uh huh. But Ben is surrounded and gets attacked by this little shit kid, Karen, white person named Karen, attack attacking a black man. What do you know? Uh, so prophetic. Wow. Who knew how how much uh, of the future? George A. Romero knew. <laughs> but he throws yeah. her the fuck off, too. Like, just throws her into the couch. I'd have launched her. Yeah. Like, at this point, that, that's not a kid. That's a zombie. Big difference. Or to, yeah. or to start using her as a bat. Grab her by the legs. Swing. Um, but he runs into a cellar, which is the irony of it all, because he was like, it's not the, it's not a safe place, but it's the last resort. Yeah, a good fallback position. Like he had said, like, yeah, it's a it's a last resort kind of situation. But he was very adamant about not getting in there. And mm-hmm. so he locks himself in and he has to pop off a couple with Harry and Helen. They're gone. Yep. Like he sees Harry and he gets to kill him again. So good for him. I thought he just shot him anyways because he wanted to. So fucking my God. You really need to see the nineteen ninety version, dude. <laughs> Like it's it's about the same length, yeah. Maybe about ten minutes longer, but there's a lot more satisfying stuff in that movie. Yeah, because now you have twenty two years of 
world building to understand this stuff better. Yeah. So now Ben is by himself, and then he takes a knee in protest of this shit. I, I was sitting here thinking, like, man, hope you say the bullet for yourself, because, I mean, that might be a better end than than what you could face. It's a him. better end than what he does face. Yeah. Because, yeah, with this is where we see some zombies stomping around all more, like, until morning. And as morning rises, we see that posse that was talked about in a helicopter gathering up the horde of zombies for... The doggos. We have some good good old boys with them. And I we have good old boys in more way than one. Yeah. With with the dogs and then with the rural rednecks. Uh-huh. Which is you kind of see throughout some of the films. Which I'm like, why the fuck do always does it always have to be the rural hicks that live through this shit? Because the other ones have been prepping for generations and like this is my Yeah, moment. but I want the like they should fail. Yeah. Like in every all of these movies, you see them like as the ones that rise to the cream of the crop, and I'm like, no, wrong. Yeah, just because they live out on a live out in the middle of nowhere and fire guns all the time, they need to be busy planning another insurrection or some dumb shit. Not all rural people are like that, y'all. Don't give them ideas. The sheriff does tell some couple of these dudes to go to the house. And the news reporter gives him a coffee because he's doing all the work. Uh huh. And so it made me wonder, like, was the news guy just standing there while they were doing shit? Probably. Like, you heard here, folks. Oh, y'all got this. I'm I'm just filming and talking. Yeah, it's okay. But Ben does hear them arriving and goes upstairs. And as he's walking into the living room, one of the posse members shoots Ben in the fucking head and. The sheriff says that's another one for the fire. Like, I mean, like, in Ben's situation, why not be like, hey, anybody out there? Like, make noise. Make it, like, don't just, I wonder who's out there. Like, you hear them talking, but also. Yeah, but he's also got his gun drawn because he wanted to make sure that he was safe. Yeah. I sometimes chalk it up to the theory that the dude, the white dude did know that he was alive. Uh Uh-huh. And shot him. Yeah, that might not have been intentional. Again, like a lot of stuff like with this Romero wasn't intentional with, but you uh-huh. just can't not look away it. from it. Yeah, because that's the end. of the, As soon as he's dead, this is the end of the movie. And well, we get some stills, uh, pictures of them burning these people, burning these zombies in a pile. And in the stills, the one thing that made me creep me out is you see them holding meat hooks to carry the bodies. And I was yeah. like, ooh. And that, that's a, a big moment. old pile of dead bodies roasting would smell fucking gross. Mm-hmm. And just it is a really sad, sad ass ending. It is. There's because, no happy ending. Yeah. it Because Ben was doing the right things or trying to for the most part in this movie. Yeah. And it's, you know, black dude getting burned after getting shot. Like, very illustrative of lynching, even though Romero didn't mean it. And we're talking about the height of the fucking civil rights era. As I said before, Martin Luther King Jr. is, like, either about to be assassinated or was assassinated when this came out. Yeah. Like, it's not a very long... Let's see. I don't know my, my dates off the top of my head. Google knows this came out after Martin Luther King's death because yeah. he died April 4th, 1968. 
okay, so it was filming when they did this. Yeah. Or, and that that's the movie. It is. With this being my first go around, I rather enjoyed it for the most part. It reminded like you can see a lot, and I mean it's it's weird coming back and seeing, especially like a movie as prominent as this one, in like establishing the genre, and then seeing all the stuff that has spawned off of that genre decades later, and how mm-hmm. little ideas, little nuggets that are placed in here become full part of like storylines themselves and other movies that feed into it. It's very interesting to kind of like come into like, oh, yeah, if you wow, I mean, think about. Yeah, again, there were some movies before this. Like I said, though, they were mostly wrapped around uh, voodoo. Yeah. This was the one that broke away from that, and it really broke the mold. Like, this is a landmark film. If you haven't seen it and you like zombie movies, you should absolutely see it. You should see what created everything that comes after. Yeah, because just so much is built on this. Like, this laid the groundwork really well and i could see why it caused such a stir like as we talked about with the mpa ratings and everything else afterwards like i can see why this movie is as critically acclaimed as it is compared you know yeah and this is a landmark film just like psycho eight years before was a landmark film yeah is a landmark film just like halloween and even if you don't like them saw like Saul yeah. created a whole new rush of different movies. Donna. Yeah. If it wasn't for this movie, we probably might not have had, you know, the Dawn of the Dead and probably not erotic Nights of the Living Dead, which I'm going to have to see. <laughs> that sounds like a porn movie. It does. It's a 1980 Italian erotic horror film. I'm going to have to see it. Oh, wow. The f- uh, Fog from John Carpenter. I mentioned uh-huh. before though they're called ghosts but they're zo- they're really zombies. Yeah. Zombie Holocaust. Let's see shit. I mean Resident Evil Walking Dead. I mean Yeah. Uh not of the comet. Which I got a poster of right there. Not of the comet? Yes. It's a really good movie. I I love it a lot. Let's see the they had some Valley Girl zombie movies. Waxwork. I'm trying to think of some others. Like just you mentioned some of the big franchises, like uh-huh. with Resident Evil, the game series, the movie series, the failed Netflix show. Yeah, I mean it's just so much groundwork laid in this, and it's it's such a momentous film. It changed movies even because it forced actual legitimate uh, ratings on the films and pushed those forward even more so. So I mean, like using the using the money they had, they made a good film. Yeah, and even the parts why, especially watching black and white, to where it's kind of grittier and stuff, I think adds to it. I think so too. I've never seen it in color. Yeah, I I have no reason to. It was made in black and white. That was because they didn't have the money to buy uh-huh. color film stock, and it add, it just adds to it. It was yeah. one of the last, like, by this time, 1968, color film was already in. Because uh-huh. you didn't want to see a the news broadcast in color because TVs were still black and white at that time. Yeah. So it kind of, it adds to a lot of different, uh, different layers. Yeah. And then you also have, like, 
just I think some of the way the shadowing of like stuff in the foreground, like on their faces, where like you see what looks like there's tree branches where it covers a partial of their face, mm-hmm. and like it works really well. And whenever you go back, when I thought through the color edition, it removes a lot of where that shadowing and darkness kind of helps out with it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, this was definitely an iconic movie for good reasons. Yes. So I'm I'm glad you liked it. Uh, yeah. I didn't know if okay. you would. This is another like sort of Halloween like watching is like okay I see why it is, so like from like a a reviewer standpoint, I see why it is, and I didn't dislike the movie. It was okay, it was good, but I think our discussion about it and just talking about it also improved my opinion of it as well because it that makes sense. Yeah, and similar how Halloween was. So like I'm gonna give this a thumbs up. I think it's probably one of those recommended viewings for everybody just because it's so foundational. I mean yeah. that's. Yeah, start somewhere. Yeah, watch it once to go hard. I saw the beginning and move on. Know what was there to become with, and then because it it makes all this cool work to get this idea and this show from. And I've been harping on that a lot, but I mean for good reason. It's like why? Where did they get the idea about this? Where did they get the idea from this? And it's all those nuggets are in this film in some shape or fashion. Exactly. But we have one more movie. I know, and I think we're moving from one. I don't think transcendental is the right word to say, but impactful. We're moving from one impactful movie to another impactful movie. And we've genre. talked about pretty much nothing but impactful movies this spectacular month. We might need to change that next year. Get some shitty ones in there. And watch some watch some dog shit. <laughs> and this is when it doesn't work, guys. But <laughs> the, the impactful one we're moving to is the... Evil Dead, Sam Raimi, and Bruce Campbell classic. Fucking classic. And you haven't seen this, have you? I have. I've seen all three of them. Oh, you have seen this. Okay. I've seen all three of them, and I love how one and two are horror, and three is, let's go to fucking fantasy (laughs) sci-fi. And just... (laughs) What? Two is very much... Action. Slapstick comedy. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot because it's got like... Two is pretty much a remake of one because they, they had to. So you well, haven't have seen to. the yeah they had to. I'll talk I about that next week. I haven't seen the new week. one of the TV series. Oh man, you should. The new one is fucking phenomenal, and I can't. They have a new one coming out. Evil Dead Rises. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I haven't seen that one. No, that hasn't come out yet. I'm talking oh. about the the Evil Dead that had a uh, a female protagonist. protagonist. No, I haven't seen it. It's fucking Either. good. It's a lot more gory than <laughs> these will be. And you haven't seen, you said you haven't seen the series? Correct. You should. It's on my voodoo. Okay. I've just got the run of the three. It's only three seasons. So it's, it's a quick watch. Okay. And that may, I'm, and it's got Lucy Lawless butt fucking naked in that movie, dude, or in that show. You got all the Evil Dead on your voodoo, right? All four of them. Dude, I think I do, but it does, I definitely have the show on there. I may work my way and just watch them all here in a couple of weeks, kind of deal. There you go. Good, good plan. Yeah. The, and that will, uh, yeah, that'll wrap up the episode. You want to add anything before we head out? Uh, I have no, nothing for the good of the order. Stay safe and have fun out there. We're getting into the, uh, rolling up on a week of Halloween. Yep. It's, it's, it's getting close to required hocus pocus viewing in this household. It's, 
Yeah, at the time of recording, we're about to hit that time. But when this, when our next episode comes out, it will be on Halloween. Sucks that it's on a Monday, but I hope you're liking what we're giving you. Yeah. If you've got anything else, comments, questions, concerns. Yeah. Death threats that I can send to the FBI. Uh, yeah. Let us know. You. I um, will see you on the flippity flop. Catch you on the flip side. Wait, isn't that what Michael Scott said? Catch you on the flippity flop? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't watched enough office to know that. Oh. The only. <laughs> the only... God damn, you have not seen a lot. I, I've seen all of the office. I've seen it once and it hasn't been enough for my life. Oh. This, this discussion we can keep in so everybody knows just my almost disdain for that TV show. I don't want to say disdain. It's just, I get it, but I saw it. And there are parts of it like, oh, that's cool. that's funny. And there are parts of it I'm like, and why in the fuck is that even supposed to be funny? I love it. There's a lot of good stuff in it. A lot of bad stuff, too. But yeah. the, until next time, I've been your humble companion, Matt. And I've been your not humble companion, Tracy. Justice for Ben. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>